Welcome back to this bonus episode of That's So Second Millennium. This is the uh, Bill and I, and for that matter, Matthew Cloud, are all uh, up to our eyeballs in teaching the semester is basically uh, what it is. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to make sure to reach back and uh, get to this bonus episode from the content before we formally started the interview with Matthew Cloud. Um, for the rest of this year, I can... Uh, I hope that we get one episode out a month. Uh, that's probably all that we can manage for the rest of 2021. I know that my schedule opens up a lot uh, in January. Um, there are interesting people to interview here. Uh, I believe Bill has some leads that he's trying to track down. Um, so hopefully we'll have a lot more content for you. But for the rest of the year, we are going to be kind of in uh, critical mode. So I did want to uh, reach back and get this uh, 10 minutes of uh, good content before we even got the uh, interview started. So here to round out October is a little bit more of Bill and I discussing cybersecurity, the philosophy of computer science with Matthew Cloud. You helped run one of the three uh, pilot uh, grants uh, funded by the National Center for Academic Excellence in Cybersecurity. And right. is that, uh, are you based at Notre Dame for that or? So that's actually based through Ivy Tech Community College. That's a okay, part-time role that I maintain okay. uh, through them. Uh, and that's a partnership with Ivy Tech Community College, um, Purdue Northwest, the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, and the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Wow. Um, and then my role in there is is helping to develop. Uh, we have three different tracks, forensics, uh, cloud system admin, and um, AI, IoT security. So um, I really work on the AI, IoT security track for the most part, but helping the others. Uh, we have faculty, these great faculty from other colleges um, that are developing out the other courses and tracks uh, to meet the needs of industry with those 500,000 open jobs right now. That's doubled from last year. If you go to cyberseek.org, you can check that out for yourself and see how many jobs are really out there and how that's, that's amazing, changing what's man. available in your state. But that's one of those jobs you could live anywhere. So if you want to live in Wyoming or you want to live in South Bend, Indiana, you can do that and work for anybody in the U.S., right? And so that particular pilot grant is to really build that out um, and meet that need. Um, we're doing about 550 people a year um, for the next two years, uh, but we're looking at how do we make that expand to uh, other universities, including like Holy Cross College, because I need a place for them to transfer to. Right. In, um, AI and IoT, I was looking for other colleges to helped me build out the AI. And I kept getting these offers like, hey, why don't you come work for us? <laughs> so Very good. I was like, you know, um, they weren't necessarily looking for AI at Holy Cross College, but they were right across the street from me. And I love the philosophy here. So I happened to teach Beautiful. a class in spring just by chance. I needed somebody to teach an introductory computer applications course. And I thought this is this is just a wonderful place to be. Wow. Yeah. Boy, we have to ask you about what is the connection between philosophy and uh, computer science and indeed uh, so uh, mm. uh, uh, well, well dr uh david lutz um who was dean at the time yes he had just published a paper a couple of years ago actually on ubuntu and ubuntu philosophy oh right ubuntu, in 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 my world in computer science we call it ubuntu Right, but it's the Ubuntu operating system, a Linux yes. operating system. Yes, my right? desktop that's in storage at my dad's house. Yes, still yeah. has whatever whatever I'll need to update it to by the time I get it back. But yes, well, in cybersecurity, Ubuntu is a very popular version of uh, Linux operating system. There's a 
There's another version called Kali, uh, very specific about uh, how do you uh, prepare and defend against different attacks, but um, and even do with some forensics. But so like Ubuntu African martial is, arts or something? Uh, no, no. I, you know, I'm not really sure where the word Kali comes from. I'll have to look that okay. one up. But Ubuntu, I never really thought about that one either. And I, Dave and I were talking about it, and um, and I realized that I just read his paper actually about Ubuntu philosophy and he had written one about using technical skills in a liberal arts education and uh, totally unrelated. I had no idea he was at this college. <laughs> it just was um, providence from God is what I would say. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here I am talking to him the next week. I'm like that's okay. That's not coincidence. <laughs> so, right. Um, because the, the sources where I got into that had nothing to do with, with anything with Catholicism. It was just trying to look up some different ideas to explain what was going on and getting deeper into philosophy. Um, and some of the challenges of how do we transition students from a two-year college to a four-year college and help them be successful? How do we get more students in um, that are from disadvantaged groups? Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and instead of just talking about, well, we know there's issues there, how do we solve those issues? So I have yeah. a National Science Foundation grant as well um, oh. with Rutgers University. Wow. Um, and, and these grants are not through Holy Cross yet, but that's part of what I, I hope to bring here because there's not a foundation that in research at this college, it started as a two-year college, right? That's right. A four-year college about 12 years ago. And so they're trying yeah. to move into that, not become a research college, but make research a part of the philosophy of teaching yeah. wow right yeah that's what it's a transition yeah yeah and so i've been doing that really well at a community college doing these crazy things you wouldn't expect a community college to be doing <laughs> so yeah. um now i've kind of hit the barrier i've got some really interesting things that were happening there i want students to go into that junior and senior year and have that opportunity to go deeper into why should they go into ai um, how should they use it? We have these fantastic tools yeah. that um, are what I call fifth generation languages. Are you, you all familiar with that concept? Ooh. Dimly. Huh. So first generation, I mean, does that go all the way back to basically binary and would you be coding ENIAC with, or is that a little bit later? Yeah, no, that, that, so first and second generation languages really weren't defined until we had third generation languages, which we talked Typically. about with like Java, Python, um, C++. Okay. 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 Basic, well, visual basic. Those so kind assembler of is first or second? Yeah. So first and second. So first is really talking at, at that, that uh, the hardware level. How do we make that work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With assembler. Uh, then we, we have second and, and first. I don't really deal with that much. But third is uh -huh. where, where most people really, because I talk about it and nobody's really going to know what I'm talking about there, right? So, right. The third, that ugly the third generation languages. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so ultimately, it's got to get to zeros and ones in that computer, right? Until we get to quantum computing, then it changes again. Right. But, That's right. And we don't know whether it's a zero one. or a one. Yeah. Somewhere in right. between. But it's still zero or one ish, right? Well, it, it could be zero and one at the same time. It's not in between. Right. Yeah. It's actually zero and one. But we're still dealing with those bad bits, which is still a little low level for people. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't get any easier than adding, you know, and multiplying zeros and ones, right? right. So I, I just finished teaching uh, the first part of a, a discrete logic course, which is like discrete math combined with digital logic 
mm-hmm. and, and putting those concepts together with philosophy. Uh, when you have a philosophical statement, if something leads to something else, how do we talk about with modus ponens and modus tollens and these different ideas that are taught about in philosophy, but they're not often done in a way that you can actually test it. So fifth generation tools like Flogarithm and Raptor. Raptor was written by the U.S. Air Force Academy. Flogarithm was written by a community college professor that allows students to create a flowchart, their logic, and it writes the code for them. Interesting. Mm. Right. So that's wow. kind of the goal of fifth generation languages. Fourth generation is like um, SQL, uh, okay. JavaScript, these things that have a very specific purpose or report writer, those mm. languages that aren't really generalized. But MATLAB, fifth generation, maybe. What's that? MATLAB, maybe. MATLAB uh, it can be, right? It can be used for lots of things. MATLAB is based on C. Mm-hmm. That's actually when I did a lot of uh, all my work, actually, in, in functional brain imaging was in MATLAB because I okay. could do matrix-based math. So from the extent that it has that expertise that you can do things with matrices, yeah, it, it really does give you that that flavor. Um, so, yeah, I think it was intended as, as, as to be more of a, a specified language, but it became rather broad and used a lot in, in, in engineering. Yeah. Um, so I teach in our intro to computer science, it's half Python and half MATLAB because Python, Yeah. I also consider that to be kind of like a fourth generation language. Sure. Um, Python is a dream to code in. I like, I learned some C++ as an undergraduate and then I yeah. learned some Python just last year, in the right. last couple of years. Oh my gosh, Python is a dream to code in. <laughs> it is, it is, it is much easier as long as you can deal with the white space stuff, but that's actually, yeah. If you're an English person, like if you're an English major or professor, right, it's actually much easier to read that that uh, structure than the, the uh, in C++ Python than it is, race. you know, C plus plus, right? Yeah. yeah, I I hate the the actual like convention that people use to write the way they open the brace on the end of a line, and then it just makes no sense to me anyway. So. Yeah, because there are different conventions for that in C++. It can be very difficult. And that's also what turns a lot of people off to computer science is yeah. you're writing in this other language that can be interpreted in different ways by people versus the interpreter of the computer, right? But sure. people can interpret it and, and, and it can be difficult to understand. So um, there are still some things about C++ that we can't get away from. It allows us to be a, more abstract and um, write code faster than other programs, generally speaking. Yeah. But it's harder and longer to write in that language. But right? it runs so fast. Yeah, you can't get away from it. It's like comparing Latin to English, right? Mm-hmm. There's all these different words for love in Latin. Right. <laughs> right. right? And yeah. um, in English, love gets confusing, which leads to a lot of problems in our society. If people focus more on the Latin terms, yeah, that's what I've tried with my teenage kids. We'll see how that works. Right. Yeah. Because if you just knew the difference between ammo and diligo, we wouldn't have so many problems. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and if we had a word uh, more commonly used, a word like agape, we would uh, maybe be able to focus on it a little bit more and uh, treat it as something to develop in our culture. Right. Right. As well as fraternity and fidelity. What do those mean? Right. Indeed. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 